a lot of my timeliness and management came from working with, you know, a group of people having to do projects and stuff in the classroom. So, I mean, I love learning. My goal is to go back to school, maybe do something with like a master's or something. That would be my passion. I, I can't get enough learning. So I'm an educator in my industry as well. So I, I get to do that. And I just think that everybody should, if you have the opportunity to learn and try something new that you should, it just is good for your mind. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is MILF Podcast, the show where we talk about motherhood, entrepreneurship, sexuality, and everything in between. I'm Jennifer Tracy, your host. So happy to be with you guys today. It's November. It's officially fall, even though we've had fires and insane heat here in California. Oh my gosh, you guys, I could take this opportunity to go on a rant about climate change and political things, but I really try not to talk about politics on the show because I'm not an expert. I certainly have my opinions, but um, it's very concerning just as a human and as a, as a citizen of the world, but as a mother to think about like, gosh, you know, what's going to happen when my kid's my age? And if he has children, you know, it's, um, I don't know, it's very concerning. So we'll, we'll put a pin in that. Maybe I'll come back to it later. And knowing me, I'll probably get a guest uh, to come talk about it, an expert guest. So happy November. I do love the fall season. I always tend to eat more food <laughs> just because I don't know if, I don't know why it is. I think it's because just historically in my life up until I moved to California, which I've lived here for 20 years, I've lived here almost half my life, I you know, it's a warm season. I mean, it's a warm season. It's warm food season. So usually, you know, in other parts of the world and the country, it's cooling down. And so we make stews, we make pastas, we make lasagna, we make, I like to make a butternut squash soup. I make this amazing pulled pork in my slow cooker. I discovered slow cooking, I think right around the time that I got married which is right around the time I started cooking. I was never a cook. I never learned to cook. It was not part of my childhood or, you know, I just didn't, it wasn't part of my deal. So um, I started learning to cook and I started making things in my slow cooker and wow, that is just magical and so easy. And I really recommend it. I really, really recommend it. I wish my kid would eat any of it, but he won't. He's very, um, you know, grilled cheese, pizza, chicken nuggets, um, burgers, pasta. I'm, he'll grow out of it, I guess. But um, so for me, every fall, I kind of just have to know I'm going to gain about 10 pounds. Um, although this year I'm starting out a little heavy, so I'm not quite sure how that's going to work. I did just order two new pair of sweatpants. I'm not joking. I, I'm also recently, October 26th was the one year anniversary of my friend taking her life. And boy, did people warn me, you know, oh, the one year anniversary is really hard. And it was and continues to be. I, that whole week leading up to it, I just found myself just reaching for bread and chocolate and bread and chocolate. And I just was like, girl, it is okay. You eat as much bread and chocolate as you need to, because this is hard. And I knew I was emotionally eating, but I just said, it's okay. Just for today, you can do this. And then it tapered off a little bit, but um, yeah. Anyway, so I, and I also heard once somebody say, or a couple different people say, oh, it's normal. 
to gain some pounds in the winter months because historically, you know, our ancestors had to gain fat to protect themselves from the elements. So I think part of me just latched onto that to be like, yeah, of course I'm going to gain some weight in the fall and winter, even though I live in California. Like that's normal and healthy people. And you know what it is? Like I, I just, it is, I mean, I'm, I'm making fun of it, but I'm also just like, luckily I'm at the place now with my body and my age and my recovery that I'm like, well, I'm just a little bit heavier. Oh, well, I mean, I, I used to just obsess about it in my twenties and, oh, you know, the thigh gap wasn't a thing back then, but I'm sure I would have obsessed on thigh gap. You know, it's just, it's constant. And it's really now, I wish I could go to my 20 something year old self and say, honey, if you could put 50% or even 30% of the energy that you're putting into your body dysmorphia, into your art (laughs) and into service, like serving others, oh my God, you'd be so much happier. You'd have freedom. But we don't know that, or I didn't know that. Some people do. Some some pe- some young people do, and they don't have that obsession, self obsession. Oh, it's such a prison. Anyway, super grateful not to be there. You know, I love being able to not be self obsessed enough to get stuff done that that is meaningful to me. So, speaking of which, um, I want to announce November's give, and it's really interesting because you can't this organization you can't actually donate to it. You either become a member. Well, I'll just tell you what it is. So for November, I chose the Global Alliance for Maternal Mental Health. And when I discovered this organization, I was really intrigued because it is global. I found a bunch that were local to LA and I was like, that's cool. But you know, my listeners are global. Thank you guys so much. I'm so grateful for all the countries that are listening and all the people and all the varying, um, just experiences that you guys have and and bring to me when I when I get to connect with you online. You know, obviously you know if you've listened to the show that I personally struggled with postpartum depression for a long time, went undiagnosed until he was 2, and I was literally pulling clumps of my hair out and scratching my cutting my arms with scissors. And I finally was I finally made a call and said I need help. And my doctor was like, oh my God, of course, let's get you the help that you need. I can't believe we, we missed this. And, and it wasn't really her fault. I just wasn't, I just thought I was defective and something was wrong with me. And so I wasn't, I was honestly, I was hiding it really because I was so afraid that, and I was alone with my baby because my husband at the time, my then husband was um, out of the country. And I thought, I, I'm the only caregiver. I mean, if something happens to me, like there's no one that can take care of my child. So I had to hide the fact that I was just suffering so much. And I just also thought, well, get it together, girl, you know, but it's, that's the thing when you have chemical imbalance, it's not something you can just switch in your mind. It's not like making a decision. So anyway, um, Global Alliance for Maternal Mental Health is what, what's really interesting about it is it's actually a coalition. So it's a bunch of international organizations have committed to improving the mental health and well-being of women and their children in pregnancy in the first postnatal year worldwide. And here is this, some statistics that's interesting. I'm just going to read from their website, which will be linked to my giving page on milfpodcast.com if you want to check them out, if you want to become a member. 
You actually don't have to, it doesn't have to be a financial obligation to become a member. I have applied to become a member just through my work of spreading the word of this. So worldwide, this is on their website, worldwide maternal depression is the most common serious health complication of maternity. This and other mental health problems in pregnancy and postnatally result in huge human and economic costs for this generation and the next. Yet they are neglected. They are a neglected area of investment in services and research. Uh, Mental health problems in pregnancy and following childbirth are roughly twice as common in low-income countries as they are in high-income countries if the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals are to be achieved by 2030 maternal mental health must be prioritized. Just check it out. Um, It's really interesting. There's a lot of resources on and and real life stories on their website, uh, which is globalalliancematernalmentalhealth.org. I know that's a mouthful. It's also linked through my website, milfpodcast.com. So you can just go check it out later. Um, And I'll be posting about them also on my social. But it's just, it is something that we need to take care of our moms. Because, you know, the moms are raising the, the moms of tomorrow and the, and, the, and the dads of tomorrow and the people that are going to be running the world. And so if we aren't okay and can't give our kids stability, you know, from our mental well-being, that's, that's a scary thought too. That's as scary as the climate change thing, you know. So um, anyway, this is very close to my heart, very important to me. And I think this organization is just phenomenal. And I love the work that they're doing and the resources that they give um, on the site as well. So check it out. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is my my new friend, Molly O'Brien. She is an entrepreneur. She is the owner of A Touch of Lash in Las Vegas. Um, and so her company is a lash uh, eyelash extension company. And they also have an academy there where they train people to do this. And her, her journey to entrepreneurship is really interesting. She was an athlete in college where she met her husband, who's also an athlete. Anyway, I'll let her tell you about it <laughs> in the interview. But um, she's really just fascinating and full of moxie, which is something I so admire. And I really enjoyed getting to know her. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Molly O'Brien. Hi, Molly. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) We're giggling because we were just talking for about three minutes and it was not recording. I had not, I had not recorded it. So I learned that Molly is from Illinois. Yes. She's been in Vegas for 10 years, coming up on 10 years and loving the warmth. And you went to Bradley University. That's where we're going to go. Okay. Yeah. And, and what did you I study there? Gradu- I graduated from St. Mary's in California. So I did transfer. Oh, yep. yay. So I finished out there and I have a kinesiology degree. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was what sparked your interest in that? I was a D1 college athlete. So I played softball and loved the idea of studying human movement, thought that was kind of what my passion was going to be. Yeah. Um, after college, I was a um, Division three college coach out at Boston, um, out in Boston. So Ooh. I thought that was going to be my path. I coached for a little bit. I did the stint at Boston and I did um, University of Toronto as well. And then I kind of, I didn't have a work permit when I lived in Toronto. So I had to volunteer only. So then the season was really, really short because I, I didn't know this at the time, but all the, I would say, more talented Canadian players come to the States to play because they get scholarships. 
Oh. So yeah, the season was really short. It was, um, it was okay. It was fun, but yeah. I was kind of bored. And so I ended up taking a lash extension course when I lived there and that's what I am currently doing. So I own a lash extension salon. Wow. That's so, in- isn't it interesting how our life just takes us in these directions? You never know when or why or how it's just, it's magic. Yeah. I basically went to college to play softball, never use my degree. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, but you did and you are and you do. Yeah. And I'm sure it comes in handy on in several different ways with your business. It now. does. Yeah. It really does. As far as like, um, you know, dealing with people, having timelines, uh, time management, getting everything done. I mean, I learned all that in school and yeah. from having, you know, other people relying on me and making sure that, you know, the deadlines were met and nothing was pushed to the side. So a lot of my timeliness and management came from working with, you know, a group of people having to do projects and stuff in the classroom. So, I mean, I love learning my goal is to go back to school, maybe do something with like a master's or something that would be my passion. I, I can't get enough learning. So I'm an educator in my industry as well. So I, I get to do that. And I just think that everybody should, if you have the opportunity to learn and try something new that you should, it just is good for your mind. Yeah, absolutely. And so get me from, where did you do the last training in, was it Toronto. in Toronto. Okay. Toronto. So get me from there to Vegas. Mm-hmm. What was the series of events that, that brought you to Vegas? Yeah. So my husband trains here. Uh, so that's kind of what landed us here. And when did you meet him? Uh, he, someone's um, FaceTiming you. So Don't sorry. worry. Oh my God. It happens. It's life. <laughs> this is life. It happens. Um, Patrick and I met in college at Bradley. So, um, oh, so you've been together since your college sweetheart. Yeah. yeah freshman oh, year. <laughs> no way. So it's been a long time. Yeah. How long have you been together? Um, since 2005. So, wow. That's incredible. That's large. I, I can't count that. I know. <laughs> That's so great. Congratulations. Thank so, you. um, and married for how long? We've been married since 2011. So seven years. Okay. Oh, wow. That's yeah. great. I know. So you, so, so you guys were together. So did he follow you to Toronto or how did that work? I followed him. Um, Patrick, yeah, Patrick, um, he's a professional athlete. So it's kind of what led us to, um, me finishing up my collegiate career in Moraga, California, the Bay area. And then he went over to Boston and then up to Toronto. And then um, the off season, we always spent in Las Vegas. And so the year after we finished up in Toronto, we purchased a home here in Las Vegas. This was going to be like our home base, um, which was nice because we had to every season pack up all of our stuff and like, you know, storage. And we didn't really have a place that we could call home. So this was our home and it was... um, it was great. And he ended up the next season going overseas and I stayed here. And because I had taken that class in Toronto, I decided to build my business from there and open a salon, get my aesthetic license um, and do all of that while he was over there following his passion. I kind of created a passion, fell in love I with love the industry that. and just have been doing it ever since. Mm-hmm. And two questions. What, yeah. what sport does he play? He plays basketball. Okay. And how was it during that time? I'm sorry. I'm just going to tell our listeners, my trees are being trimmed. That sounds like a sexual thing, but it's, it's actually my trees outside my home are being trimmed. And so there's this buzzing. I don't know if we're going to be able to edit it out, but I, I didn't want to reschedule with Molly cause she's so busy and awesome. And so we're going to, we're going to power through this interview. But, um, so how was it during the time when he was abroad and you were creating your business? How did you guys maintain a connection? That's hard. 
yeah, thank goodness for FaceTime. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, every place that he lived, it was uh, between 12 and uh, I think the longest was 18 hour time difference. So it was uh-huh. hard. It was a lot of time management, making sure that we made time for each other in the day. Um, if he was waking up, he'd always call. It was easier for him to reach out to me because his schedule was so crazy two days and everything. So in the mornings and after practice and then bedtime and things like that, we always made sure to talk. And then I would just schedule my clients and my day around that as well. But I see it as kind of a blessing and like a, you know, maybe not so cool thing as well, because a, I got to travel. I got to go over whenever I wanted and see him. So it was really cool to see different cultures and different places of the world, places I would have probably never gone to had he not had a contract there. Right. And then the other thing too is, um, you know, I was in a committed relationship but I didn't really have to do a lot. You know what I mean? Like I, I could spend 14 hours at work and not feel guilty. So I really was able to focus a lot on my business and build it, kind of be the little workaholic that I am and not feel guilty about it. Not have to worry about someone else because he was just on my phone and my phone can go everywhere with me. Um, But yeah, it was hard. Um, It was a lot of just making sure that we had communication and making time for each other and just making sure that, uh, you know, when I could get over, I was. And, um, and then, you know, by the time we kind of spaced out some trips and uh, holidays, it was, he was back home again for three months. So we went at work. And how long did he do that for? How many um, seasons did he, he do retired that? this January. So, so he's, he's been home. doing that in Europe this whole time? Um, he didn't play much in Europe. He did, um, he played I mean, abroad. Yes, I don't know yes. where. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah. yeah, he did that for the last few years, since 2000, after we got married, 2011. Wow. And then, um, that's so fascinating because I had that experience with my husband. I'm uh-huh. divorced now, but he he had to leave when our baby was born. Yeah. And he was gone for a long, 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 long time. And, mm-hmm. and that, for us, that was the beginning of the undoing of our of our yeah. marriage because it was so hard. So you have how many kids do you have? I have two children. Have two kids. How yeah. old are they? Um, I have a four-year-old and I have a one-year-old. And so you don't ha- have the ability to work 14 hours and just no. carry your phone with you now. Now no, you have. No. They, they are not on my phone. <laughs> they <laughs> they want to be on my phone playing. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. They, yeah. they need attention yeah. and love. So yeah, I've definitely yeah. had to pull back too. But um, yeah, you're right. The, you know, once the littles came along, the dynamic definitely changed. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Layla's birth, my oldest, she was born during Chinese New Year, which was great because Patrick was playing in Taiwan. So he was able to come home, but it was for seven days and then he rolled out again. It was very hard. So luckily through the years of him playing overseas, I had kind of set up my business in a way that I had strategies in place that if I was not actually physically at the location, it could still function and things were being taken care of and people were in place that I trusted to handle the day-to-day business where, you know, maybe I had to take a step back. So when Layla was born, that's exactly what happened. So I didn't have to set it all up all at once. It was already in place. So that made it a little bit easier. You know, with Tessa being born, um, I think actually, you know, Patrick kind of started to feel a little bit like he was missing out on some things. Mm. And, you know, he kept saying, like, I feel guilty leaving you. Are you sure that you're okay? Like, do you want me to stay? Like, I don't have to take this contract. Like, Mm. you know, I don't want it to, you know, be too much. And he got tired of just chasing the jobs and leaving the family behind. And so this season he was just like, yeah, I'm not into it. So, um, he retired, he's happy about it. He's trying to do some coaching and training and get into the world of basketball, just in a different capacity where he can be, you know, a little bit more home-based or at least in the country. That'd be cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. And so 
how has that dynamic shifted since now he's home all the time? Was that a little bit of an adjustment Always. for you guys? Every <laughs> it was like, like first, who are you? What are you doing first, here? Yeah, the first three weeks, I'm like, why are your pants on the floor? Like, my <laughs> house is so clean when you're not home. And he's like, why do I have to tell you like what time I'm done with practice and when dinner is? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's a lie. I took it was usually three weeks, and then we were back on track, and it was like three weeks. And then you're adding in these other two human beings and their schedules and what they, Mm -hmm. and you've got your vibe with them. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 that's not how we do it here. You know, like that kind of thing. Right. That was hard. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when with Layla, because obviously he played the most during her younger years and and Tess only, you know, once, but um, yeah, with Layla, he'd come home and he'd want to do things a certain way and go somewhere. And I'm like, "Uh, Nope, we have a schedule. This is how we do it. This is how we function. We thrive on a schedule. The kids thrive on a schedule. We get things done on a schedule. So um, that took a little bit and it was hard for him too, because I wasn't used to being so bossy. And then (laughs) mom and me came out and he's like, Oh, you're bossy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I had to kind of tone it down and learn how to like talk to him as an adult, not as a kid. And, but yet still stay on schedule. And um, it's changed. He's, he's an awesome dad. Like he gave, up his dream of being a professional athlete, which so many, so few people get to do, um, to stay at home and, you know, make sure that our family dynamic was, you know, on point and and thriving and and not suffering from his career choices. Um, not a lot of people get that. So I I feel very grateful. I give him a lot of grace in this learning period with Tessa. Um, I mean, he's, he's learning the things that he missed out on with Layla. Like, you know, right now Tessa's, uh, she's almost two. So she's about 19 months and it's very hard to understand her. She's trying to talk, but she can't really get it out. And so he's learning, you know, to have patience and, um, work through that with her, but it's, um, it's been fun to watch him with the kids. I mean, it's definitely like a, a new love and appreciation that I have for that man. Oh, that's so sweet. You're kind of getting to fall in love with him all over again. Yeah, in a different way. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. So how is it running? Tell me a little bit about your business. What is your business like in there in Vegas? And do you have multiple... Like, tell me all about it. I'm so okay. curious. Yeah. So I, I love what I do. It's so awesome. Like, mm. um, it started off as me being able to have control over our finance, financial, being able to contribute to our finances. That's what it started out was. I didn't like the volunteer thing that was going on in Toronto. So the thing that really pulled me towards Lash Extensions was the idea that I could do it wherever we lived and I would be able to make an income. Um, and so that was kind of like the under part of my my business, why I was doing it. And um, when I opened the salon, it was just me. And I quickly realized that in Nevada, you have to have an aesthetic or cosmetology license to do lash extensions on the public. So I didn't have that. I had to go to school. So I quickly had to find someone that did train them, teach them, build a business around them, and then get my license. So, you know, while I was in class on my breaks, I was, you know, answering phone calls and booking clients like in school. It was crazy. How long did did it take you to get through cosmetology school? That's not a small thing. No, I ended up going the quicker route, which was aesthetic. So I have an aesthetic degree and it was 900 hours. So it took me about seven or eight months. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of juggling, but we did it. And from there, I really found that, you know, from training my first employee, I really liked teaching people. And at the time in 2010, um, we were one of three companies in Las Vegas doing lashes. So it was very new. Not a lot of people knew what it was. Um, people were always asking me like, tell me more about this. how do you get into this? Could you teach me or show me how to do this? And 
for me, I liked being able to show them how to do it, how to train them, because I knew that it would give them a way to financially contribute to their household and to feel good about themselves while at the same time giving women confidence and creating these beautiful looks on, you know, their clients that they wake up instantly and feel so much more confidence. Um, So that was really important to me. And in 2013, I started putting together um, my training academy. that also went in hand in hand with my salon. So I um, started training people, putting together actual like, curriculum and mm-hmm. uh, making sure that we are compliant with the state board in Nevada. Through the training program, obviously, we had to provide them with products. So that's naturally how we came out with our ATOL product line um, and just kind of grew it from there, to be honest. I did have another location at one point. Um, unfortunately, due to some personal circumstances with my daughter's health, I, I couldn't keep up with it. I had I had to end up closing it. I just kind of get back there every month to run it. And my family, they were wonderful. They were like, I'll step up. I'll take care of it. But it was suffering. And yeah. I it took me a lot to close it. A lot of conversations with Patrick. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I, I tell my, my clients and my people back there, because it was in my hometown in Illinois. So I tell them, you know what, one day we might be back. Like they were very understanding about it. They know, you know, how much obviously my daughter means to me. So um, they, you know, if yeah. we had to close, it couldn't have been for a better reason than, than yeah. that. And Layla's doing wonderful. So who knows what the future will bring. Maybe we'll reopen yeah. it one day. Yeah. 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 But as of right now, we're very happy. I have um, six employees here in Las Vegas. We're in our biggest space. Um, I have an on-site training facility here. We're launching new products with our um, our extension product line. Uh, we just released a new adhesive that is a game changer for the lash industry. Um, it used to be a contraindication to use oil products for extensions because it would break down the glue. And we ended up finding a manufacturer that could formulate a adhesive that is okay to use with oil. So uh, for our oily clients, for our clients that love their facial products and want to keep the the oil products on their regimen, we now have something for them. And it's it's been a game changer. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I yeah. really like, I'm just feeling how passionate you are about this. It's really like shining through and just how you talk about it. And, and, and what the thing that keeps com- popping out for me is how important it is that you, that your clients that your clients and your employees feel confident. Yes. Um, and I think for women, that's something that we need way more of all over the place, you know, is like other women, other employees, other places encouraging us to have confidence and feel confident. I agree. You know, when I'm asked about my business, I find that I talk about Patrick a lot and like my life uh, in that world. And for me, that's what it was like, I had to be re- ready, like he would come home and be like, Oh, babe, I forgot we got like a charity event or Oh, we have this gala that we have to go to. And you know, I just got done with practice and I'm a hot mess. Or, you know, I had no idea that it was happening. And I had nothing to wear. So the fact that you know, I could get ready in an instant. <laughs> and I have to worry yeah. about one thing was yeah. just a game changer. And now that I'm a mom, Oh like yeah. Those extra minutes in the morning. Like I don't have my lashes on right now, but I'm getting them back on tomorrow. So I'm so excited because this morning I was like, gosh, this mascara isn't doing <laughs> it. <laughs> like I hate mascara. It's horrible. So get lashes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah, it, it definitely comes through and just like um 
you know, being able to give the women time back in the mornings to either spend with their littles or, you know, sleep in and get those extra minutes that we so need as moms or the confidence to walk into a room and just have a little bit of, you know, a little bit more swag. Cause you yeah, know, your lashes done. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. That's what I get the most out of. That's, that's why I do it. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, if I can teach my employees how to do the service in a way that's going to keep the natural lashes healthy and safe and also give women that confidence. I mean, I think we've, we've done it. I, I mean, as you can see with the industry, 2010, like I said, we were one of three companies. Now there's a company oh, yeah. every everywhere. Corner. So it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of cool to be like a pioneer in it and see the industry grow and be an educator in the industry to make sure that not only are people falling in love with the industry, but we're continuing to use those products that are safe for the natural lashes and uh, continuing to get away from um, products that maybe we shouldn't be using because they're causing too many side effects and things like that. So yeah. um, I, I really get a lot out of it. And I'm kind of that person that if I'm not feeling it, I don't do it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, really like, I, I totally I really know like what, what I do. Yeah. It shows. It really shows. And we, we haven't said it on the show yet, but what's the name of your company? Oh, duh. Uh, <laughs> it's called A Touch of Lash. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And your your product line is also called A Touch of Lash? It is. It's all under the A Touch of Lash brand. So the Academy, the product line, it's all ATOL based. And then we just say Academy or product line. So yeah. it kind of keeps that same branding, same colors, everything. Um, you can find everything on the website. So it's very easy to purchase you know, buy a class or anything like that. So everything is, is all under one brand. Do you think you'll, I don't know, maybe you currently do, but do you think you'll teach any online courses or is it all in person? That is huge. Online is huge. So as much as I talk about confidence and everything, I am not very good on a camera. Oh, <laughs> <So>. disagree. Disagree <laughs> right now. I'm experiencing you on a camera and it's so good. Thank you. I, I would pay good money to take a class from you right now. Thank you. I want to get into it. I've been forcing myself to get behind the camera and show people who I am. I know that's huge in the social media world right now, too. So the classes that I've been taking, I've been learning a lot about that. They want to see the face that goes along with the brand. We've been here for 10 years. And I mean, I ran into people that were like, I didn't know you're the owner. I was like, oh, Mm. I am so, <laughs> but I'm glad that you love my staff so much. You think that they run the place. I, I yeah. do well. <laughs> yes, exactly. But yeah. I do want to offer some online classes. I know that just, you know, people are going to gravitate towards that. It's the ease of learning when you're on your own couch and your sweats and it's so much yes. better. Um, I believe that with my online courses, I'm going to take it just a little step further. Um, I think for anything introductory, I do want to get them in the salon just, you know, for a little hands-on. So maybe we offer a mentorship where they can come in as a part of the package that they purchase, something like that. So there's just some hand techniques that, you know, you can really see a lot more when it's um, in person. So course, if they're yeah. struggling, we'll probably offer it as a, um, an option, but yeah, I thought yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Are your products available? Can we order them online? You can. Yes, we okay. have um, the full product line. So anybody looking to get into the lash extension world, uh, first and foremost, I do want to tell you, you have to check with your state board to find the regulations. There are only seven states in the country that do not require an aesthetic or cosmetology license. So every other place does require it. Um, so purchasing the product, it really wouldn't be beneficial because you couldn't use it to make money. But if you are licensed, um, please use it. They are salon 
uh, high-end salon products. So it's exactly what we use on our clients here. Um, you're going to find that the fans are very, or the extensions are very, like they fan very easily. They're very soft, like weight. Like that's one of the compliments that we've gotten over the years um, that's been consistent is they really like the material of the extensions and they really like the adhesive, how it works over multiple different climate regions, which is so important in the industry. Oh, interesting. So like if you're in, in humid or versus desert, it mm-hmm. affects the lash. I mean, I guess that makes sense. It if does. It's, it's like hair, you yeah. know, your hair on your head. So the main ingredient in the adhesive is actually an acrylic based product or ingredient. So um, if you've ever gotten acrylic nails and um, you've probably been exposed to the main ingredient already, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's very, um, it's very, not a lot of people know a lot about it. So when you dive deeper into the science, you start to understand that um, it's moisture seeking. So it thrives in humidity. So for Uh. me having the um, location in Illinois and having the location here in Nevada, I didn't necessarily want to bring on a separate adhesive. I wanted something that would work over a large range of climates. So um, a big range of temperature and humidity. I found it. I love it. And um, the one thing that I will notice, though, even though we are using the same product is because we live in the desert and we don't have that extra humidity, the clients don't have as much as long as of a retention. So typically two to three weeks for refills here in Nevada is very standard because of the humidity or the lack thereof. Um, Whereas in Illinois, same product, same technique, same artist, you could go about four or five weeks. So the humidity plays a huge role. And as the lash industry grows, it becomes a little bit more science-based. Before we were just slapping lashes on and yeah, you're beautiful. Go be confident. But now there's a lot more um, behind the scenes. So going on, like why are allergies happening? Why is the uh, adhesive ranging so much from climate to climate? Why does it work in one area and not in the other? Things like that. So it's really cool time to be in the industry. I think that's also why I'm so, so passionate is because it's ever changing and we're continuing to get more information on things like, you know, the adhesive personally, I'm hoping one day to have a, um, um, cyoacrylate, which is that main ingredient. I'm hoping to have a cyoacrylate free adhesive, which will allow more people to get extensions and have a fewer reactions. Interesting. Yeah. Now I've never gotten lashes. I have many, many friends who swear by them. And here in LA, as you can imagine, there's a lash place on every corner. Everywhere. But what is the price range of getting lashes? Uh, very, very much range ranges. So okay. um, in LA, you're going to have a lot higher prices. Um, yeah. And it's based obviously on your region. But yeah. in Nevada, it typically ranges anywhere from about $120 to $300 for full sets. And you only have to get the full set once because after that, you're going to come back for maintenance refills. And that happens, like I said, every anywhere from two to four weeks, depending on your region. And those will range between uh, $50 and $100. This is all based off of what set you're getting, what type of extensions you're wearing, who's doing your lashes, so how experienced they are, and kind of the amount of a fill that you need. So if you were naughty and didn't take care of them, you're going to need a bigger fill. It's going to cost you a little bit more. Um, Whereas if you uh, did a really good aftercare and you just have a slower shedding cycle, naturally, you're not going to have as much of a, as high of a cost. Mm -hmm. So now we talked about the adhesive materials. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are the lashes actually made of? 
Oh, wow. You hit like a huge, like, <laughs> there's so much controversy in this industry. Over really? Life. Ooh, okay. There's a lot of um, confusion because overseas, that's where we get the product still, you know, Korea, Japan, those are big manufacturing hubs for the extension industry. And obviously there's a language barrier. So they needed to figure out a way to describe the extensions to us in a different language. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they started calling things like mink and silk. And uh-huh. it's false. The extensions themselves are not actually made out of that material. That mate- that descriptor word, mink uh-huh. and silk, are actually the taper of the extensions, where uh-huh. it gets dark and where it thins out. So it was used to describe kind of how dense it was towards the tip, the shine, things like that. They're all made out of the same material. It's all a very high-end, soft PVT material, which is a plastic. So they're all Got really it. synthetic. Now, you will find on the market fox lashes and you will find authentic Siberian mink fur extensions. Those are like a thousand dollars, right? Yeah. They have their time and place. A lot of people are using them for like marketing campaigns and things like that. Um, editorial shots. They're not Mm -hmm. really realistic for anybody that wants a dense, dark lash line because they're not going to be able to achieve that because they're actual, actually a natural hair. So they're very thin and you're not going to get the wow factor that you could from using like a PVT material. So that's usually what we go towards. But yeah, there's people out there marketing them as like authentic mink, but they're really just the PBT. They're just describing the taper, but they're confused because the manufacturer told them that. So we're working on, you know, kind of smoothing out all those kinks and educating, educating, educating all these new artists out there. Just making sure that everybody's using the same verbiage, describing things the same way. Um, And going back to price, I mean, a lot of undercutting. You know, there's a lot of people that are out there doing it for very cheap. And, you know, it's, it's a skilled labor that you're doing. You you spend a lot of time working on it. You spend a lot of time doing it. Um, You know, you deserve to make a nice dollar for it. And, um, but because it's so saturated, people are trying to figure out a way. So sorry. People are trying to figure out a way. You're you're a popular lady. (laughs) I get it. I told no one to call me. I don't know what's going on. Uh, They they never stop. I get it. I have the same thing. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Yeah. Well, and I mean, just some of my friends, like, I've noticed different women that my friends that have lashes, like some of them look like one of my friends, Tanya, I'll just say who it is. She's on the show (laughs) early on and she's such a wackadoo. She would, she would do this live on video right now. She came back from one place and her lashes were like, one was going this way. One was going that way. Like it looked, she's like, I look like a circus clown. Like, I don't know. And she's like, you know, and it was not cheap. You know, oh, and it was no. a place in LA. Yeah. And so she, so she's now she doesn't go to that place. And, but it's, you know, you really, I think in LA, what I'm finding is if you don't know your person, your lash person really well, you have to go to something that's really high end and costs a lot to make sure you're going to have good, a good lash experience. Yeah. Um, I've definitely heard that about the LA market. Um, very hit or miss. Uh, I get a lot of offers to come and teach at different like uh, places. People mm-hmm. that have moved over there, they're like, "We'll hook you up with our salon. Like, please come out. Like, we need we need help. It needs training. to be more uniform. The training is not there for some yeah. reason. There's a lot of good companies in the area. Um, so I I haven't been able to pinpoint the why this is happening out there. Yeah. Um, but I you know we can pass on some some information if you need. Yeah. To- 
She's done. Yeah. We'll okay. We okay, know the, good. the places and okay. there's a lot of them. There's a good, a lot of good lash artists out there. It's just, you're exactly right. If it's not somebody that you know, or off of a referral, it's definitely hit or miss. And a lot of that too, I will say is because of miscommunication in the consultation. Uh, um, you know, these artists maybe are not as skilled on consultations. And so they're not asking the right questions or their client is not someone that really is able to explain correctly what they want. And the artist gives up on the consultation and just wings it. And that's, you know, sometimes a problem as well. So um, when we teach, we teach, we actually have a section just dedicated to the consultation because um, over the past 10 years, I've learned, you know, no two people say the same thing the same way. And just because you said it one way doesn't mean I heard it that way. So I really want to give my students that information on how to kind of get to the trigger words and the keywords that they need to figure out what the client's trying to describe to them to have a more successful result at the end of the appointment. That's awesome. And so what do you, what do you do for fun, girl? Like, what do you do on your, work? <laughs> yeah, I knew that no. was going to be the answer, but, and, no. and you have two small children. So yes. sleep, sleep is probably sleep your number one. Very high on the list. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. Do you have time for yourself I, at all? I really haven't, but Patrick has been on me about this. He really, um, he really has been making me carve out time that we go and do something. We just did a wine and paint thing that was, you know, probably mm. not up our alley, but you know, it was fun just to get out of the house and hang yeah. out together yeah. on Monday nights. We do play softball. So we play softball. So he plays on the team with um, us and it's our neighbors and my sister plays. So it's so much fun. It's like our time. Our babysitter stays a little bit later on those days and helps us out with the kids. And um, yeah, that's really, really really it. Otherwise, I know this sounds cheesy and corny, but like we're at a place in our personal life with our children and the ages that they're at. We just like being at home. Like yeah. my sister is like, you never leave the house. Like you never do anything. I, I love coming home and seeing like yeah. how much they grew while I was gone and like all the silly things that they did and playing dress up. And, you know, they're so spoiled. They have such wonderful grandparents. And I mean, mm. the toys are just insane at home. So we have so much to do. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It never really feels like we're not busy. But um, I mean, other things, Vegas is a great town. Like, if we're ever bored, it's our fault. Like, we take the kids everywhere. We take them to the park. We take them to the strip. We take them to restaurants. We take them um, horseback riding uh, mm. to the orchards and the pumpkin patches. Like, we're coming off in a very fun season. So um, it, it's it's something that I just enjoy. I know it's corny. I, I yeah. say that with my family. No, but. no. It's, I mean, I get it. And, and also when they're little, it's, you're really married, like you said earlier, yeah. to the schedule and the sleep yeah. and, the, you know, the feeding and, and bringing kids to a restaurant. It's just a nightmare. <laughs> say no more. Yeah. It's just like, why, why, yeah. why? And why because, did we do that? Oh, and then half the time, more than half the time, I would end up bringing him home and cooking him another meal because he didn't even eat any of the food I just paid for. That was Taco Tuesday last night. Yeah. <laughs> Tessa ate nothing. She ate nothing. She ate French fries and a soba pia. That was it. I was yeah. like, okay, that was a horrible dinner for you. <laughs> yeah. And then got home and she was hungry, right? Oh yeah. Snack, yeah. snack. Yeah. Mom, yeah. Snack. Oh yes. yeah. She's got a few words. Oh, Otherwise yeah. we're just like, oh, I don't know what you're saying. Sign I know. It, sign it. <laughs> That's so cute. That's so sweet. So we have come to the time, my dear. What do you think about Molly when you hear the word love? My family. 
Yeah. Yeah. I I have so much love in my life. Um, even before my new immediate family, like my my I grew up with a huge family. We grew up next door to my grandparents, a mile down mm. from my paternal grandparents. My oh. uncle lived um, you know, two blocks from me. Uh my other uncles lived maybe two miles, three miles, and then the rest of my family was all in the neighboring city. So I grew up very loved. I grew up you know, understanding the meaning behind family, uh, the good and the bad, because it's not always good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely think of my family. And now that I, I'm growing my own family with my husband and my littles, I, everything I try to do is with love, you know, for my clients, I try to give them a service and make sure that they feel loved and appreciated, try to remember their names, important dates, things that are going on in their life, just to make them know that, you know, we do appreciate them coming in here, we want to treat them you know, as family with love. So um, to me, it's important. I feel like if you do things with love, um, you know, you get love back. And mm -hmm. I, it's just, it's very important to me that people, I mean, especially in today's world, there's so much that you hear about. And, you know, I, I feel like if there's maybe more love given or more love shown and a little less ego, um, you know, some of these things wouldn't be a problem. So mm -hmm. for me, teaching my girls to give love and respect is huge. Yes. Amen. Amen to that. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world other than where you're living now, where would you live? I would go back home. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. miss my family. I've been away from them for 10 years. My sister has a uh, four-year-old niece that's four months younger than my daughter. Uh -huh. And she has a 20-day-old son. So oh. I'm missing them. My yeah. grandparents, you know, I grew up next door to them. I miss them every day. I miss my mom, my dad. I miss everyone. So for me, I would move a little bit closer to home. Yeah. Um, I think we'd always had the business in the, in, you know, the house here just to get a, away sure. again. Yeah. But um, yeah, I would move back. I would move back home. Yeah. How do you define serenity? Oh, I don't. Oh, that's a hard one for me because I don't think I have much of it. No, serenity to me is, um, I think, just checking things off my list and getting things done and making sure that my kids had quality time um, mm -hmm. that day. That that really brings me serenity and peace mm -hmm. um, when I go to bed at night, knowing that, you know, I gave them uh, attention. I didn't have my phone. I wasn't busy. Um, we really played and they got a lot out of it. They went to bed relatively happy because we're still at the age where bedtime's still kind of a nightmare, but, oh, yeah. um, a little bit less of a nightmare. I find that I have some serenity and then, you know, just checking off those things for, for work. I'm very driven. I, I always have a never ending post-it note on my, yeah. on my desk. So, um, I do find a little peace when I'm able to cross some things off and mm. make sure that the family is taken care of. Mm. Mm. <laughs> okay, lightning round of questions. Okay. Uh, fireside or Oceanside? Fireside. Favorite junk food? Oh, uh, cookies. Oh, what kind? Uh, sugar. <laughs> mm. Do you like theme parks? I do. <gasps> What's your favorite one? Um, I really like the Adventureland. And I think it's uh, because we grew up when uh, went there when we were growing up. So mm. I've just always gravitated that now that we're so close to Disney. Um, we didn't get to go last year because of uh, Lee's health. But we are definitely going to get back on track with taking the kids there. Um, my husband loves it. I love it. We love seeing the kids happy about it. I think we might get a little bit more out of it than they do. But yeah. Sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, okay. Uh, daytime sex or nighttime sex nighttime for sure shower or bathtub shower 
On a scale of one to 10, how good are you at making lasagna? Oh, zero. <laughs> I don't cook. Patrick cooks. So I don't cook. Um, <laughs> yes, we don't eat unless that man makes us dinner. Oh, like, he slays it in the kitchen. So I've oh, never had to make a lasagna. That's so great. <laughs> My mother. <laughs> oh, sh- oh, please. Well, you're running a whole business. You're doing, you're doing all this other stuff. Exactly. Yeah. We can't do it all. No. Um, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, it's having to repeat myself, but I've had to learn to get over this one with my kids. So yeah. <laughs> I would say definitely having to repeat myself is my biggest one. Yeah, for sure. I, I can relate to that. I can relate yeah. to that. Um, superpower choice, invisibility, ability to fly or super strength. What was the first one? Invisibility, okay. ability to fly, or super strength. Super strength. Yeah, because those kids, they want me to carry them at the same time, and I just, I can't. <laughs> oh my, <God. laughs> my little one is like a tank, so oh I can't get her up with Layla. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a and they just get heavier and heavier. They and do. Heavier. Yep. Um, would you rather have a cat tail or cat ears? Ears. What was the name of your first pet? Brutus. Brutus? Mm-hmm. What kind of animal was Brutus? It was a golden retriever dog. Oh my God. That's yeah. such a great he was name. So sweet. What was the name of the, the Your mom picked it out. I love that name. Brutus. What was the name of the street you grew up on? East High Street. So your porn name, were you to have one, is Brutus High. Oh, nice. <laughs> I had to think. I was like, I don't. I don't think you do the east of the street. Right. So your your poor name is I Brutus. Feel like I could drive some hits to the site. It's a good hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. I love it. Oh my gosh, Molly, you're such a treasure. Thank you so much oh, for coming on the show. This was a lot of fun. Oh, thank you so much. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Molly. Join me next week as I welcome actress Jenna Elfman to the podcast. Can't wait. Talk to you guys then. Bye.